Today we're jumping into part two of God, what is going on? And my guess is you have had several questions on your mind during this last season. One of them is the the question of the series. God, what is going on? I bet you're asking that. But maybe you're asking some other questions too. Maybe you're also asking this question. How am I supposed to respond to this? Like how am I supposed to be responding right now? I've been talking with a lot of people and just kind of don't know what to do or feel right now. So maybe the question's been going through your mind. How do I respond to all this? Maybe you find yourself getting angry or upset or maybe you're just kind of like out of it or lazy or apathetic or bored or you don't quite know what to feel right now. How do I respond to all that's been going on? Maybe another question that you've had right now is this, where are you God, right? Where are you? And so these three questions are what we're going to focus on here today. God, what is going on? How do I respond to this? And where are you God? The crazy thing is the world around us has kind of lost its mind, right? It's been a little bit nuts lately. I was kind of thinking about this in a funny way recently. How many of you guys have been to one of these drive-by things for like a birthday party or a graduation, right? Isn't it crazy that the term drive-by is now a normal part of our conversation and use, right? Like the version of you from six months ago, if you could hear yourself talking today, because the the version from you from six months ago, you knew from watching movies and TV that a drive-by is when a bunch of bad guys jump out with guns, right? Now, now you and I are saying things like this. Hey, we're going to go to Tina's later for a drive-by. Great. I'll decorate the car and get some balloons, right? Like what a world we're living in. And this right here in this crazy world is where we ask these kinds of questions. And if the pandemic weren't enough, now we've got the atrocities that happen in Minneapolis. We've got riots taking place. Uh, they're telling us killer bees are on their way. I don't even know what's going on anymore. And this is where we go. God, what is going on? God, God, how do I respond to this? And where are you, God? That's what we're going to look at here today. And what I'm excited about is as we're in this series going through the book of Jeremiah, I believe that God answers and addresses these exact questions very clearly. And we're going to see God speak to these questions today as we make our way through this passage. Now, last week we talked about the fact that the people in Jeremiah's day, the people of Judah, the people that lived in the kingdom of Judah were distracted. They were trading God away for all kinds of other things. And so God brought a time of of judgment on them. And as I said last week, I am not saying that this, what we're going through right now is a time of judgment. I'm not going to say God is judging America or the world for that matter. But what I do know is that the scripture says, anytime we go through something hard, anytime we are enduring something difficult, we're to look at it as discipline, a time when God's trying to do something in our lives. And maybe you would say, well, who is God to discipline me? Who is God to discipline us? Well, he's God for starters, right? I think of my daughter, Bryn, years ago when she was just a little girl, probably about two years old, maybe, you know, late one. And she was playing around in her brother's room and she pulled a snare drum off of a snare stand and it cracked her right between the eyes and she began to bleed horribly. We took her to the hospital and you can only imagine that as she's laying there, they actually had to strap her little body down to a table so that she wouldn't move and kind of fight them. And you can only imagine that through her mind are running these thoughts like, mom, dad, why are you letting them strap? me down. Mom, dad, why are you letting them put needles in my skin? This is painful. Why are you allowing this right now? Now, the deal is this. My uh, my wife and I, we could zoom out and see years down the road, right? As hard as it was to see my little girl strapped to a table and and having needles put in her, we could see down the road to a time when she would look in the mirror and be thankful for that, right? That, That we could kind of zoom out and see the broader picture, but all she could think about in that moment was her pain. 
And some of you right now, all you can think about is your pain. You're thinking about your unemployment. You're thinking about a diminishing bank account. You're thinking about the fear of living through a pandemic with rioting going on, with terrible division in our country right now. Some of you are only thinking about the loss of a loved one. You're only thinking about a relationship that fell apart during this last season. And those things overwhelm us and we begin to say, God, what is going on? How am I supposed to respond to this? Where are you? And I'm so thankful that God gives us a book like Jeremiah to grab a hold of because this is where we get our answers. And my goal here is, is that we would get some answers to our questions today, life-changing answers, because the truth is the answers to the questions we're looking at today are the difference between spiritual life and spiritual death. I really believe that. Like, here's my goal for you, church. I want all of us to come out the other side of this season, not just having gotten by, not just having gotten through, but truly saying, I am more like Jesus on the other side of this thing. I am more in love with Jesus on the other side of this thing. I have actually grown in my relationship with him during this awful season that we've been through. And today we're going to see how that's possible. We're going to see how to have the right understanding of God. And maybe if you're not a follower of Jesus, you're asking some of the same questions we are right now. You're saying, God, what's going on? Like if you're there, what is going on? And how am I supposed to respond? And, and where are you in the midst of all this? And so we're going to find some beautiful answers as we kind of bounce through some places in Jeremiah today. We're not going to find everything in one little spot today. And so we're going to do some reading together. I'm also going to do a little bit of summarizing for you of these amazing things that took place in Jeremiah. But one of the things we have to know is last week we set the stage, right? We talked about what was going on in the nation of Judah in Jeremiah's day. The people were far from God. They had exchanged God. They had traded him for other gods. They made a bad trade as we discovered last week. They were messing around in broken systems when God was offering them a spring. And so he brings this time of discipline on them and says, all right, I'm going to bring other nations against you. And there's going to come a time of discipline where you're even carried off to other lands. And right here, we began to see some interesting things. One of the things that was going on in this time too, it's important for us to know is there were false prophets that would basically come against everything Jeremiah would say, God said. So Jeremiah would say, this is about to happen. And the false prophets would say, ah, no, nah, man, we're good. That's not going to happen. It's never going to happen. And so there's all this confusion and the people didn't know who to listen to. And as I said last week, I really believe that if you were to sum up the book of Jeremiah, it would really be God saying, this is what's going on. Like if you were in Jeremiah's day, in Judah's day to say, hey, God, what's going on? How do I respond? And where are you? He'd say, well, Jeremiah's about to tell you the answer to all those things. So we're going to look in chapter nine to get our first answer. This, this first question, God, what is going on? We're going to find the answer right here in Jeremiah 9, 7. It says this, therefore, this is what the Lord Almighty says. See, I will Refine. I want you to think about that word. I will refine and test them. For what else can I do because of the sin of my people? Question number one, God, what is going on? He is refining them. He's refining the people. Now the word refine, if you understand the Hebrew context, man, it's this idea of removing impurity, right? Of taking away those things that are harmful and detrimental. And so this whole idea of God doing this in, in the people's lives was, man, the people had traded him away. And so he's trying to remove those distractions from their lives. He's trying to purify them in the midst of this hardship. Can I, can I just answer the question for you? God, what's going on right now in the middle of this pandemic, in the middle of all this rioting, in the middle of all this division in our nation? God, what is going on? He is refining you. That's his heart. He wants to refine you 
in the midst of this hardship. He wants to remove some things from your life and my life that are detrimental and could eventually kill us spiritually. And so this is zooming out, right? This is my wife and I being able to look our daughter in the face and see her cry those tears, but recognize there'd be a day she'd look in the mirror and go, thank God my parents allowed me to walk through that because they refined what had happened to me. And she would be stronger and healthier due to all that. It's zooming out. Right now, you and I are zoomed in on our pain, on all the hardship of life, on the craziness of the world, of the uncertainty, all the things we can't control. And God is saying, whoa, 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 I'm refining you. I'm refining you. I'm refining you. I'm refining America. I'm refining the world. There's this thing God is up to right now. And he is removing that which should not be there in our lives. Years ago, I had to have surgery on my back. What had happened was uh, so much muscle had developed back there that they actually had to remove some. They, they just looked at me and said, Mr. Jansen, you're just so jacked. We have to surgically remove some. You'll be able to function, right? And so actually I had a cyst on my back. And so they went in there. Now here's the crazy thing. A lot of you know me well. You know I don't like blood and guts and all that kind of stuff. I'm a bit of a wimp when it comes to that. They didn't put me out. I'm awake during this surgery, I am laying on a table and I have my arms up here like this, up by my head and they are operating on my back. And at one point, all of a sudden, as I'm laying there, my arm just went out like that. And the doctor starts laughing and he goes, sometimes when I do this, I hit a nerve. And I felt like going, ha ha, well, sometimes when you do that, I sue you. <laughs> but I didn't do that. But in the midst of that, what was going on, thankfully, they removed that cyst, that thing that would have had inhibited growth and health. And the incredible thing is that's God's heart for you and me right now. And I got to tell you, I'm so thankful that was removed from my life. And there is going to come a time, I'm telling you, you will look back and go, oh my gosh, that's what God was doing during the pandemic. That's what he was doing. He was refining me. He was destroying my pride. He was destroying and working on the, the anger that raged out of me. He was giving me a, a disdain for the impurity I had tolerated in my life before that. Maybe some of those things are going to be some of the things we say one day, right? As we look back, we go, wow, that's what God was up to during that time. So what's God doing? God, what is going on? God is refining us lovingly like a good dad. Even watching his kid down on the operating table, he's refining you and me. And then you say, okay, well, question number two, how am I supposed to respond though? Like this is painful. This refining is not fun. It's not easy. It's not hard. It's not easy to walk through. It is hard. We're going to jump ahead to Jeremiah 21. There's a king named Zedekiah. Here's the, he's the king of Judah. And Zedekiah sent some messengers to Jeremiah. And here's what they said. In verse two, you can read with me. Inquire now of the Lord for us because Nebuchadnezzar king of Babylon is attacking us perhaps the Lord will perform wonders for us as in times past so that he will withdraw from us so here's what they're doing they're saying Jeremiah can you ask God if he can just take Nebuchadnezzar away and none of this judgment discipline stuff would have to happen he's just like get him away get him distracted get him over there you know I gotta tell you as the pandemic started to hit America and it started to kind of show up and we started to hear rumors about closings and this and that. I was kind of like Zedekiah. I'm going, Lord, just wipe this thing out. Like shut it down. Help nobody to get sick that we know. Just like let us walk. Keep on going like life should be going right now. 
And as you know, we've been shut down for 11 weeks now and people we know and love have gotten this thing. The guy, Brendan, today, who was playing drums, you, you heard a story a few weeks ago about how horribly he got this disease. My mother-in-law winding up in the ICU and man, so many people impacted this by this and affected by this. And I kind of you know, was seeking God in the same way Zedekiah was going, just, just, just get rid of it, Lord. We, we don't need this. This is a distraction. It's just not gonna take us where we wanna go. And so, they approach Jeremiah and, and God answers Zedekiah through Jeremiah. And here's what he says. Now this is going to happen. This is going to happen. This is my plan right now. This is going to happen. You guys need to learn from this. This is a refining season for the nation of Judah. And this is going to happen. And, and, and not only is it going to happen, but he even says to Zedekiah, you're going to lose your life. And so this is the time of refining and there's nothing the people in Judah could do to stop it. Now here's where I have to make a distinction. Okay. Because I think some of us might say, oh, oh, okay, so like Zedekiah then, if we ask God to end the pandemic and the crazy racism going on in the world right now and all the looting and all the horrible things happening, he's just gonna say, no, this is my will, this is the time for, no, 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 I'm not saying that. See, there is a distinction between us and the people of Judah. There's an event that hadn't yet taken place in Judah and Jeremiah's day that has taken place in our day. And that event was the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. It hadn't come yet. And so God was taking out his righteous anger and discipline on the people of Judah. But you and I stand in a different place today, church. We have had someone put in our place to have God's righteous anger taken out on him instead of us. And that's Jesus. If you're not a follower of Jesus, that's the hope. That's why we're here. That's why we do what we do as a church. Because Jesus did that for you and me. And so I'm not saying here we just throw our arms up and say, well, I guess if Zedekiah asked, he didn't get what he wanted, neither will we. No, we keep praying. We keep asking God to bring justice to the world, to, to make things right, to bring healing, to end this pandemic. We keep crying out for all of that. But what does it mean then for you and me today that God is refining us and we're in a situation we may not want to be? How do we respond? Well, we're going to find out right here. God told the people in Judah's day, Though the city will be attacked. Listen, it's a theme throughout the book. He says, surrender to what I'm doing. Surrender to what I am doing. God, how do I, how do I respond to this right now? You, you surrender to what I'm doing. Surrender. It doesn't mean we stop praying and asking God to change things. It doesn't mean we stand up for what we believe in. No, we keep doing those things, but there's this surrender. So when we want to shake our fists in anger toward God and say, God, you let this thing happen. How dare you? Who do you think you are? No, we go, okay, God, I don't get it right now. And I can keep on praying and fighting, but God, I'm going to surrender to you. I want to make sure if I'm fighting, I'm fighting the right thing and the right person. I don't want to be fighting God. And so if he is refining us in this season as a church, as a nation, as a world even, then this is a time we say, okay, God, we're on board with your plan. So we're going to surrender to that, whatever that looks like. And yet at the same time, we're going to keep seeking your face that these things would stop, that this nation would change, that this would take place, that there'd be a new day in our, our nation, our life, our, our church and our world, right? And so there's this interesting tightrope we kind of find ourselves on. But remember, when we stop shaking our fists at God, now he can truly refine us. I want you to think about that, right? The, the anger in your heart, the pride in your heart, the lust in your heart. When you and I stop shaking our fists in anger at God, now he can refine us. And I want you to know, everybody, the refining is beautiful. Do you realize how God has refined us in this last hour? Do you know how many beautiful things God has done and how many amazing ways he has brought out of us a servant's heart? 
Do you know how many hospital drive-bys there have been as we've prayed around the hospital? Do you know how many um, people within the church who were hurting and needed prayer or food? And, and, and we showed up, church, and we brought them food and we prayed for them and we cared for them. Do you know how many donations we have gotten here for the food pantry and food has gone out into the community? Do you know how many people sitting on your couch right now you have given sacrificially and selflessly toward those who lost their jobs and there's been tremendous needs met during this time? Do you know how many hospitals have been visited with donuts or masks or gloves or guys, I'm telling you the refining that God is doing in us right now is bringing out beautiful things but it only happens when we surrender. God, what is going on? I'm refining you. Well, how do I respond to that, God? You surrender. You surrender right now. You might be sitting there going, all right, I need a little more here. Well, all right, six or seven years later, many theologians believe that what happened was Zedekiah, who had already been told by God, don't fight me on this, got with some other kings in the area and they rallied together and they were going to take down Nebuchadnezzar. They were going to get up and fight, man. And as this began to happen, Jeremiah got together with their messengers and said, bring this word back to your king. It's Jeremiah 27, five. You can read it with me. God is speaking. He says, with my great power and outstretched arm, I made the earth and its people and the animals that are on it. And I give it to anyone I please. Now I will give all your countries into the hands of my servant, Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon. I will make even the wild animals subject to him. All nations will serve him and his son and his grandson until the time for his land comes. Then many nations and great kings will subjugate him. Again, here's this theme of God saying, hey, I am doing something here. I am up to something here and I want you to surrender. Jeremiah then goes on to say, it's not going to go well for any nation who tries to fight God in this. But then he says this, and I love this. Verse 11, but if any nation will bow its neck under the yoke of the king of Babylon and serve him, I will let that nation remain in its own land to till it and to live there, declares the Lord. I love God's heart here. Maybe you're wrestling with this and it just feels like God's angry. You know what? He's righteously angry. He's got a right to be angry in the way that he is. But here is the truth is God takes no delight in his people's pain. I took no delight in my daughter Bryn being strapped down that day and operated on. But what I did know was so important was the outcome, the refining of what God would do. And that's what you and I have to surrender to. In fact, he goes on and he says that the nations are called to surrender to this plan. Guys, he calls you and I to surrender as well. Are you fighting him today? When's the last time that you ask God this question? God, what are you trying to teach me right now? God, what are you trying to say? Is there something you're trying to do in me? Or have you and I kind of had blinders on and just been in survival mode, you know? I believe God is wanting to speak to you and me right now and say, here's what I'm trying to do in you. This is the refining I want to do. And one day you're going to look in the mirror like Brian and go, wow, isn't it beautiful what God has done? I'm so thankful I surrendered to him and he did what he had to do. Now, some of you guys are still not convinced though because you haven't had the third question answered yet. All right, so God's refining us and I'm supposed to surrender. I don't want to surrender because I don't even know where God is in all this. Tell me where he is. And then maybe I'll think about surrendering. Question number three, where? Where is God? Where are you, God? He's right there with you. He's right there with you. I want you to think for a minute. I want you to think for a minute about the surgeon, right? 
standing next to my daughter. Where did he do the surgery from? Right next to her. The, the guy who tore my back apart because of the extreme buffness, right? What was all that about? Where was he when he did the surgery? Right by my side, right there, removing carefully, lovingly those things that would have otherwise killed me. Otherwise, maybe inhibited growth and otherwise eventually caused my back to curve the wrong way. Otherwise caused my daughter's face to look a different way, a way she would never have wanted to look. And here is God saying, let me operate on you guys. I want you to look a certain way. And it's like me, right? It's like me. Jesus saying, I want to make you like me. That's it. I'm I'm fashioning you. I'm refining you. I'm removing impurities and all the stuff so that you could look like me, God says to you and to me today. And so we get this great hope And here's what I love about God is even though he was against his people, so to speak, in that day, he was still with them, wasn't he? He he was truly against them. He brought other nations. But at the end of the day, we're going to really see this next week. He was working out a plan for their good in the midst of all of it. And you and I, remember, we're different than the people of Judah. We have the death and resurrection of Jesus to look back to, to know he is always with us. He is always for us. If we ever needed proof, we simply look to that. So next week, we're gonna wrap up this part of the story because the truth is we're leaving today without everything tied up in a nice, neat bow, right? But we got some answers to our questions, didn't we? We saw some ways God was working in the nation of Judah and I believe he's doing the same for you and me. And so we think about these questions. God, what is going on? God is refining you. Well, how am I supposed to respond to that? You surrender to him. Where are you, God? He's right there with you. In fact, that's the bottom line. I want to just take those three statements and squash them together. That's what I want you to understand this week. What's going on here? How do we answer these three questions? God is refining you. Surrender to him. He is with you. God's refining you. Surrender to him. He's with you. What does this look like? How do I really pull this off? Well, you got to keep your eyes on the purpose, right? Keep your eyes on the refining, this work of him removing impurity from, from your life and my life. And I'm so thankful that God has given us all situations in our lives that we can look back on and say, wow, I'm so glad he did that. Uh, some people here in the room today were with me years ago. We went on a mission trip upstate New York. There was this horrible flooding that had taken place. A river had overflowed, basically wiped a whole town out. And as we were there, one of the pastors we worked with told us this incredible story about a woman who had lived in that town her whole life, but after the flooding, put her trust in Jesus. And after she put her trust in Jesus, the pastor said, hey, I'd love for you to be baptized. She said, I would love to be baptized, but I don't want to be baptized in the church. I want to be baptized in the river. And the pastor looked at her and said, why would you want to be baptized in the river that ruined our town? And she looked back at him and said, because if that river hadn't overflowed and ruined our town, I never would have put my trust in Jesus. See, that's you and I looking in the mirror going, wow, God's doing a good refining work. I can see the hardship and the pain, the pandemic and everything going on around me through this new lens and understand God's refining work. So when you you and I are asking that first question, what is going on? We we keep our eyes on on the project that God is is working in our lives, this purpose, this refining. And when we want to shake our fists in him, we, we remember, no, 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 I'm going to surrender because he sees things I can't. Andrew and I made 
a video for the drive-in services and we wanted to promo it. And so Andrew's got this drone and he's like, oh man, I'll bring the drone and we'll do this really cool thing. And at this certain moment, I'll fly the drone up and out. And so what happened was I'm standing out there on the patio and this thing, no joke, is like this far from me. And I'm just thinking to myself, if Andrew hits the wrong button, I'm dead right? Like I'm dead. Like my wife tells me I look good without hair, not so much a head, right? And so I'm looking at this and I'm starting to think like, have I been good to Andrew lately? Like when's the last time he got a raise, you know? And this thing is just hovering. Now you're like, Doug, it, it looks so harmless. Yeah, wait till these things start spinning and it's making all those scary noises at you. And I'm staring at this thing and all I can think of is what I'm looking at and what it's looking at. But then Andrew thankfully hit the right button. And this thing took off in about 10 seconds, 85 meters, probably about 100 feet up in the air. And suddenly, though it had been zoomed in on me, only seeing me, it could suddenly see everything. And if you check out that video, it's like this moment, all you see is me. Next thing, it's the whole property. And that's the God perspective, right? That's why we have to surrender. He sees what we do not see. He understands what we will one day look out at and say, God, thank you for working on that purity thing during that time. Thank you for working on that anger thing, that pride thing, that hate thing, that revenge thing. God, thank you for transforming my marriage when my wife and I were trapped in the house. God, thank you for transforming my kid when we were trapped in the house together during those three months. God, thank you for kicking my alcohol habit when I got back to work after that and I realized there was something so much bigger to live for. Like whatever your story is gonna sound like, we're gonna be able to look back and celebrate and just know today he's by your side. You may be on the operating table. He is by your side. He is the beautiful, wonderful physician there, standing there, loving you, caring for you, working on you and working on me, lovingly removing all those things that are there to destroy our soul. And so if you and I would surrender during this time, wow, we would see God do some great things. We would see him show up. We would see old things die and new things come. Things we want, things that are attractive to us, things we've been even praying for. This is the God who refines us. If you're not a follower of Jesus, you heard me talk today about this event. Jesus coming and dying in our place, rescuing us from our sin. And he so badly wants you to follow him. He so badly wants you to walk with him. And so if you're here today and you're not a follower of Jesus, if you're watching today, you're not a follower of Jesus, I encourage you today to think about putting your trust in the Savior who died to rescue you, who took your sin and your shame in your place. He loves you. He loves you. He loves you. He wants to refine you. He wants to learn how to surrender to him. And he wants you to eventually see that he is with you. So if you're a Christian today, I encourage you, really ask this question, God, what are you trying to do right now? What are you trying to say right now? God, you have my attention. I've been angry. I haven't seen the point to it all. But right now I'm asking this question, God, what are you doing? What do you want to say to me? What do you want to change in my life during this challenging time? So question number one, God, what is going on? He's refining you. Question number two, how do I respond to that? You surrender. Question number three, for you and me, for every single one of us, uh, you might feel real far from him today. You might feel real close. Where are you, God? He's right by your side. He is with you. So he's refining you. Surrender to him. He's with you. Let's pray. Lord, we love you, God. And we humble ourselves before you, looking to you in this challenging time. So thankful, God, that the book of Jeremiah speaks to the very things we're going through thousands of years later. And God, we just ask for your grace and mercy to help us navigate what's happening, Lord. What a tricky time. But Lord, we know you are in control. We know you are refining. We know we can surrender to you. We know you are with us. 
If you're not a follower of Jesus and you want to put your trust in him, I encourage you to pray right now with me. Something like this. Jesus, thank you for showing me your love today. Thank you for your forgiveness. Thank you for your mercy. Thank you that you died in my place. Thank you, God, that I don't have to get up on a cross, that you got on a cross for me. And now I pray you'll show me what it looks like to follow you. God, I'm inviting you into my life to refine me, help me surrender to you, and help me to see that you are with me. Jesus, we love you, God. Thank you for your goodness to us. Thank you for what you're doing in our church during this time. God, just keep your hand on everybody. Keep us encouraged. And we thank you that there's a light at the end of the tunnel and that we'll be able to be together soon in one way or another. In your name we pray.